This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 18 of On Deck. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. What's going on, Lloyd? Uh, not much, man. It's It's been a while. Uh, you know, I did a thing. I bought a game specifically for my Steam Deck, uh, which I don't have yet. Um, by the way, if anybody's Aww. wondering, I don't I don't have a Steam Deck yet. <laughs> I didn't get my email, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, I picked up Lego Star Wars, uh, the Skywalker Saga, mainly as a game that I wanted to play on my Steam Deck because there are like 1,200 uh, bricks to find and 300 <laughs> characters and like all this stuff. Um, I've I've played too much of it on my PC, so now I don't know if I'm going to have a Steam Deck game. I might need another Steam Deck game for when I first get my Steam Deck because I'm impatient. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Um, I I so I had asked on a previous episode uh, if anybody had been playing Lego Star Wars, and I had like a bunch of people sent me. Or, or they they messaged me like um, a video of how to set it up, right? But then I saw other people saying, I, "I I used this video and the game keeps crashing." And so hmm. the the thing is, is that that game is unsupported, and there right. is a workaround using I think it's called Glorious Egg Roll Proton. <laughs> so it, it so I, okay, let's just jump into the show, I suppose. Um, so GE Proton, Glorious Egg Roll, is the person who is forking Proton, and it allows some games to be to work even if they are un- incompatible. Okay. Incompatible? Incompatible. In- incompatible. Incompatible, yeah. yeah. Um, now, one of the games that it's supposed to work with is um, New World. So as a person who was very excited for new world and kind of stopped playing fairly quickly, but Hey, I bought the damn thing. So I may as well try it out. I redownloaded it, man. I hate downloading games. I redownloaded it and I set up the, the, the GE proton, which listen, guys, I am not the tinkerer. I'm not setting up GE proton was super, super easy super easy it was basically you just download a flat plat a flat pack uh on desktop mode run it and then go back into gaming mode and it's there and you can just select that as the as the proton uh uh, compatibility layer rather than the regular proton compatibility layer so i did that for new world and it does not work. It, it says that it can't connect to the internet. Somebody sent oh. me a message and they said, oh, we'll try this uh, using like your mobile Wi-Fi hotspot. And I didn't try that, but I've heard that other people were able to try that and get it to work. But that just seems kind of goofy to me that that's the the way to get that to work. <laughs> but, but apparently that's how Lego Star Wars works is through uh, the GE Proton thing. It's supposed to make things work much better. Which is great. I love that it's there and that it's an option. It's one of those things about PC gaming that I never really fully embrace is the tinkering part of it. Uh, That being said, 
Apparently, it's going to work. Now, I have not bought Lego Star Wars, and I hesitate to buy it because I don't want to buy it and then have it not work and then have to go through the the return process, and I don't like doing the return process too often, uh, especially right. because they told me it doesn't work. So buying it and then saying, well, it doesn't work, that just seems <laughs> like I'm being a jerk. So I, I haven't right. bought it yet, plus I still have border or not Borderlands, what the uh, tiny Tina's tiny that I Tina's, haven't had time yeah. to play. Uh, so I haven't bought it yet, but if I do, I will report back, but I'm sure that Lloyd will have his soon and, and be able to tell us all about it. Maybe by next episode. Maybe, maybe I got to say, I've been playing it, um, completely by moonlight. So I've been playing it moonlight on my Android TV. Um, I set up moonlight on my Mac. There's a Mac client. Um, and, uh, where else did I try? I tried it on Apple TV, um, and I couldn't get it to show my Steam library for whatever reason. Hmm. So that client wasn't working. But I've been using it on Android TV and on my Mac. And I've been playing the game completely that way, which is probably how I'm going to play the game when I get my Steam Deck. Because you did uh, an interesting test where you were streaming a game instead of playing a game local. Um, and you got like just oodles of hours compared to playing it um, like on bare hardware on bare metal on your actual steam deck device. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, that seems like a pretty good segue. Um, before we get to that though, I want to say real quick, thank you to our channel members. Um, you know, you guys are amazing. We really do appreciate it. There's lots and lots of you stay awesome. We appreciate it. All right. Um, yeah. So I've been playing. So when the, when the Steam Deck first arrived, I installed Final Fantasy fourteen. It's one of my favorite uh, games. It's definitely one of my favorite MMOs, and it's kind of having this huge resurgence. Um, Gabe Newell, when he was going around delivering his Steam Decks to people on day one, somebody asked him what he'd been playing. He said, I've been playing uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm playing a white mage. It's, it's awesome. It works great. You look on Steam, and it says unsupported. No problem. It still worked. Then Valve, not Valve. I don't know why I do that. Then Square <laughs> changed the launcher. And if you are somebody who has Final Fantasy players know what I'm talking about, but you can have a PC account and you can have a Steam account. I have a Steam account. And if you have a Steam account, you can no longer log in. When when you launch the launcher, it just pops up on the screen and it doesn't load the rest of the launcher. Why they did that, I have no idea. I'm very irritated by that, but that's another, neither here nor there. Um, So my workaround is to play it via streaming. Now, I tried the Valve built-in streaming because it's a little less um, tinkery. I tried that. Didn't work so hot. Um, first yeah. off, I saw that I was having all kinds of blurry, like there was nasty, you couldn't read anything. And that's because they were, were taking the giant resolution and shrinking it down to your screen. And it made it really hard to read anything. Now, uh, I talked about that and people were like, oh, you know, you can change it so that it matches the resolution. So when you're playing your game, it sets it right. to, to 1280 by 800 and then sends it to your Steam Deck. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I went into the settings. I found that setting. I made the change. Golden. It worked. Great. But right. really choppy and slow. So I just ended up going right back to Moonlight, uh, which, if you don't know, is a way to stream games from your computer to your Steam Deck. Well, to lots of different devices. 
Yeah, it's um, a client for the the GeForce experience that if you have a particular um, NVIDIA card, mm-hmm. you can install the GeForce experience. And one part of that software was allowing game streaming to your Shield TV Pro. Well, this is just a third party client for that streaming service. And it works so good because mm-hmm. I, I've never I've never really used Steam Link. Like I had no interest in the past of playing a PC game on my TV. I was a console gamer. I was OK with that. Um, so I tried setting up Steam Link initially and um, fitting I was playing a Lego game because it looked like the game was made out of individual <laughs> parts of Lego because the way that it does dithering on Steam Link, it, it's it's macro blocks um, heavy. So instead of just having like a, a crushed black with a bunch of macro blocks in it, it seems like everything was these individual squares. It looked like pixels that were made out of clear Lego blocks. And I'm like, well, this is fitting. I'm not going to play the whole game like this, but this is fitting. Um, and then I set up um, uh, Moonlight and it was night and day. It's as good as streaming um, Stadia or GeForce Now to my devices, um, but running that um, that GeForce experience um, client thing, um, I'm surprised how well it works. And well, I was originally, Bill, thinking of buying a terabyte SD card and preloading all my games, what I might end up doing is just loading a bunch of the games that I might play from time to time, just install them on my PC because I have like a four terabyte drive, just install them on my PC on the off chance that I want to play them. And then just the new um, the new or games that I always want to have with me, even when I'm traveling, games will be installed natively on my Steam Deck. I think I'm going to be doing a lot of this Moonlight streaming because it works surprisingly well provided you're on the same Wi-Fi network. Yeah. Um, so on Steam, I think they just call it remote play. They don't actually call it Steam Link, but I still call it Steam Link because of the Steam Link. Anyway, uh, on Steam remote play, if you go into Steam uh, and then you go into the options, they do have enable hardware encoding. Uh, and that's an option mm. that I had never seen before. And they do have NVIDIA GPUs, uh, Intel GP- iGPUs, and AMD GPUs which I shouldn't have checked those other ones. I should just check my NVIDIA GPU. Uh, So you can check that. And I have to say, it was very crystal clear. Everything looked great. But as I was like running around in the game, it was just very choppy. And when I play it on Moonlight, I don't get any of that choppiness. It feels almost like I'm playing natively. You can see there's a little bit of softness to everything because you're streaming it and you know it's getting compressed on the pc and then it's getting uh, decompressed or or decoded on the on the deck Mm -hmm. so there's definitely a little softness but when i'm holding the the steam deck in a comfortable position you can't really see that stuff all that much and so comparing you know the reason we kind of got into this is because we were comparing battery life um Comparing the battery life of Final Fantasy XIV, which I can no longer test on deck because <laughs> right. they made it so it doesn't work anymore. Um, if you've got a, uh, if uh, unless you do like crazy workarounds, which I won't bother to do. Um, if 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 you play it that way, like lo- loaded on the deck, it chews through the battery much much faster than when you are streaming it because when you're streaming it. I wasn't even at full percentage and I was, I I still had five hours of play and that is very, very compelling. I know that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who are like, they, they give the the deck a hard time about um, it's shorter battery life. And 
I, I just going to say the same thing that I've said a thousand times. It's a $400 portable playing yep. brand new games. The battery life is not going to be fantastic. This is one workaround. Yeah. The other workaround is a 25 foot USB C cable that you can order <laughs> off of Amazon. There you go. There's your workaround right there. But I, I joke, of course, but um, we've made fun of the fact that the USB C ports on the top. But that actually makes playing it easier because if you're playing, if you're laying in bed or whatever, and you're trying to put it down on you, if you have the USB thing on the bottom, that's going to like poke you in the belly. Um, but it's on top, so you can just run a long cable to your charger, and then you have unlimited power, uh, which is really nice. Um, I was going to do a movie quote, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> but um, it's it, it's amazing how well this works and and people are like come on you're talking about something that we've been using for 10 years i get it but this is new to me and using moonlight and i, I poked around in steam and finding the fact that i can use the nvidia um, hd ink um, for encoding i want to see if that makes any difference uh using the actual steam link app on my apple tv or whatever um but this is going to be an amazing way for me to play these large games that i maybe only want to pop into every once in a while like the the No Man's Skies, the the Lego, the Halo Master Chief Collection, like um, that would be another. I'm, obviously, I'm not going to be playing that one, but if that that would be the type of game I would do this for, because it's like a hundred gigs to install. I don't want to put that on my Steam Deck. Um, it it operates surprisingly well, better than I thought it would um, using that that Moonlight software. So I'm again eagerly anticipating uh, getting my Steam Deck uh, in my hands so I can mess with this stuff myself. Yeah, and I think that I haven't tried it, but I I believe that when I first tried Moonlight, not on the deck, because I tried uh, Moonlight before then, uh, but I believe that if if memory serves, that the first time that I tried Moonlight, I saw that there was an option to put your system online so that you could access it from outside of your um of your of your of your own Wi-Fi uh, area or your own network is what I mean to say. Uh, right. I had not tested that, but that could be also really compelling. And you know, you talk about all the games that you don't want to install on your Steam Deck because they're too big. But there's another good reason that you would want to use this, and that's to play games that won't work on the Steam Deck. You 100%. can still play them through that streaming. Uh, I will say that the that adding your games to the GeForce experience software compared to just going into like just on the deck, just saying, Oh, stream this game instead. That's a much worse experience. Like going through and saying, okay, I got to, I want to play this game on my steam deck. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. And I, I complained about that at one point into somebody and they said, well, you could just, have it load your desktop and then you could load a game from there. And that's true. But sure. another benefit that the built-in streaming has on deck is that every game has its own controller configuration. When I install right. Moonlight, it just has one controller configuration. That's the controller configuration for Moonlight. And so that means I can't use all of the cool, crazy things. Like if I wanted to play... I don't know, a, a game where like, um, oh, what's the word? What's the game I'm trying to think of? Um, Oblivion. If I wanted to play Oblivion does not support controller. So I would have to go through and make a second Oblivion. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, control scheme. Right. Under moonlight. 
And then it just kind of becomes kind of a pain. Of course, I could just right. in- install Oblivion on the deck, so maybe that's not the best ex- example. <laughs> but I, you guys get what I'm saying, I think. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be super handy for me, um, as I said, for the really large games. Or like you said, games that don't work natively on the deck. It's it's a viable alternative. Because I was starting to think, like, I, I have a bunch of games on uh, Epic Game Store and GOG and all the other... Um, game clients that you have or uh, origin and et cetera, et cetera. And I know there's workarounds and I've seen people talk on the subreddit that you can install this. And we're even going to be talking about something mm-hmm. right away that will allow you to do that. It, it all seems like a big kludgy workaround right now. And it's not going to be like that forever. Um, but for the foreseeable future, this might be a way to get around that. Yeah. You install your apps, you manually add them to GeForce Experience so that they, they'll they load and and do it that way. I got to do a lot more playing around to see if that is even a possibility. But um, it, it just, it, it takes the openness of the Steam Deck, something that we've praised here since episode one, mm-hmm. how open the hardware is, how open Valve is, how open the software is. And it just gives you another use case that you wouldn't have on another piece of hardware from another an, another company because they wouldn't want you to be doing this. They want to have a lockdown ecosystem. They want it to be the same experience for user one that it is for user three million. They want everything to be locked down as much as possible. Valve is just like, it's just a PC. Have fun. Do what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And what I'm going to do is install Moonlight, and play a bunch of my games that way. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) All right, uh, let's move on to the comments that we got from previous episodes. Thank you guys so much for sending those in. Before we get there, though, uh, if you're one of the first people here watching this episode, then pay attention to the screen because some point during the episode, I'm going to put a Steam code as like a just a thank you for being one of the first people here. So keep an eye out for that sometime during the show. I will drop that down onto this, the like the lower third or something. You'll see a code. You can put it in on Steam and you get yourself a free game. I don't even know what game it's going to be yet. It's just something that Lloyd and I are going to try and do from time to time. Mm-hmm. All right. Comments uh, from from you guys. Um, um, first <laughs> comment it was from Michael Vunk. Uh, he says, for the keyboard, I'd... I'd it'd like to be I'd like to be able to use the triggers as a click and use the other buttons as different functions like caps lock and backspace. I think that that would avoid the issues you mentioned. So what they're referring to is we recently got um, dual trackpad typing as a new way of input typing on the Steam Deck. And boy, I hate dual trackpad typing on the Steam Deck. It feels super terrible and one of the things that i said is on the steam controller they had dual trackpad typing and you would slide your thumb around and then when you were had your thumb over the letter that you wanted to input you pulled the trigger you like if it was my right thumb you pull the right trigger left thumb left trigger it was okay i never really got used to it i know that there's a lot of people that love it i'm not one of them uh they kind of brought that into the steam deck as an option, it's optional. I can still just reach over and tap on the screen. My brain keeps trying to like the dual trackpad typing, and I can't. I can't figure it out. Um, but I had. I had said, why don't we have the ability to use the triggers to do that? Because the way that they were doing it is, you had to move your thumbs around and push on the trackpad, which meant when you go to push down on the trackpad where the little circle where your thumb is 
might move a little. And now you right. input the wrong letter. Well, valve was listening and they updated it and they put in the triggers. They're so fast. I think since the last episode, they did four uh, changes to the keyboard where Crazy. they, they added the one thing and then they added another thing and then they added another thing. And then they did like a bug fix like so fast with their iteration on the keyboard. So the thing that Michael Vunk is saying here is absolutely what they did. They, they did do that. And they gave you a slider to adjust how fast the trackpad moves. I, I can't use it. It's, it's unusable for me. I did try and turn off the haptics and they didn't turn off. So I'm not sure what's happening there, but had, did you never used the dual trackpad typing on um, the steam controller? Did you? No, never, never. I, I've never used a Steam controller, so this will all be new to me. Uh, it seems like it would be super intuitive, but I could also see that it would take a lot of time to train your brain around it. Like, instead of just typing, you're you're moving your thumbs around and then and then clicking with your with the triggers. It, it does seem like you could do pretty fast typing when you get used to it, but it's that uh, it's that learning curve that's going to take a little while to get there. Yeah, um, boy, Valve always had these weird uh, input methods where they were trying to solve this problem of inputting text on a controller. Did you ever see their, I think they called it like the flower wheel? <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> I remember the jokes about that. There's a lot of web comics that made made fun of it. That's That's more what I remember about that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried using it. I couldn't figure it out. I thought it was very uh, clever, though, and I, I guarantee that there are people who can type like uh, 90 words per minute using that thing. I am not sure. one of them. I'm just going to stick with tapping the touch screen or using the d-pad uh because that that works well for me and i'm I, honestly i'm not typing very much so i spend more time fixing my errors with the dual trackpad typing than i do than i would if i just do it slower and input things with the d-pad or touching the touch screen uh all right lloyd you talked earlier about emails um hmm. this is this is big because valve had said we're ramping up production and there's 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 been a million jokes like on the subreddit where people are like Valve found a way to get us to look forward to Mondays. Um, <laughs> well, now we can look forward to other days. You want to tell people about this? I say as he takes a drink of his coffee. <laughs> yeah, of course. So um, they said that uh, when they were getting into quarter two, they're like, okay, we have a we have a better hand on what we're doing here as far as uh, the number of products that we can make in a in a week. And the 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 amount of logistics we can do to get them shipped out. So we're gonna we're gonna double up on weeks that we have uh, the ability to. We're gonna send out an email on Monday, but also on Thursday. It's not a guarantee that that Thursday email is gonna be every week, um, but this is what we're gonna try. So you have two days to look forward to. So now I have two days where I obsessively check my spam folder. I know there's no reason to do it because I'm going to get a pop-up in my steam client, but mm -hmm. my brain is like, but it might be in spam. You have to check spam 50 times a day. Now I'm going to be doing that on two days of, out of the week. Um, as, as we get closer to uh, me, hopefully getting my email in the, uh, the coming weeks. Yeah. And everybody else is well. like, now that the steam decks are in the wild, uh, Lloyd and I were kind of joking about this before, before the show. Um, the like the the subreddit used to be like a really useful place to go find news and now it's just a sea of pictures of people <laughs> with their steam decks like hey look here's a steam deck uh sitting on a table here's one 
you know, next to some Easter eggs. Here's one doing this right. thing and doing that thing. And I was like, okay, those are, I'm so happy that people got them. But it yep. does make it hard to find the news now. Uh, but a lot more people are getting them. Uh, we, you know, we have a community Discord. There's a link in the description down below. Uh, I think that one of our mods just mentioned that she got hers, uh, and like it arrived, and she's been playing on it and everything. So uh, more and more people are getting them, and the response has been really, really good. I, I think it was The Verge just put out an article. Like I saw Lawrence Yang retweet it um lawrence yang works at valve by the way and it was like <laughs> the steam deck is not a flop and he replied phew <laughs> you know <laughs> which was great um it's just getting such high praise and yeah. it even even mkbhd who's a uh, a lot of people don't know who he is but he's like one of the biggest tech youtubers if you're only into gaming you probably would not have ever heard of him but he recently post- posted his review of the steam deck and he said in his basically he said i can't recommend this to a lot of people but everyone that i would recommend it to would have an absolute blast with it and that seems to be the theme for the steam deck is that the people who are going to get this thing are going to love it but so far it's still not a super polished console super console like experience and Valve never said that it was. Right. I am somebody who likes a console-like experience, and there are rough edges that bug me with this thing. But that being said, it's an awesome, awesome device. And I, Valve is going to keep making these things. There's no way that we're not going to see a Steam Deck 2. This thing is going to be super, super successful uh, because yeah. it's just, it's different. I've said it a million times, different things to different people. And it's even if if Valve tomorrow said, you know what, we made a mistake. We're, we're not doing this anymore. We're not selling these <laughs> things anymore. We're going to continue. Everybody that's ordered it right now is going to get their Steam Deck, but then we're stopping. Um, this device is going to live on for years with all the hobbyists because people are 3D printing back cases that can hold an eGPU. <laughs> like they're putting like the craziest of crazy things that you ever thought people would do. They're doing it right now. This is going to be a device that is going to live forever. Even if valve decided at the end of this year to stop production. Um, it's, it's really, it's it struck a tone with a lot of, a, a lot of hobbyists, a lot of um, computer tech hobbyists, a lot of gamers, uh, a lot of people that are kind of a mixture of the two of those. Um, it's a device that is hitting on multiple um, multiple avenues um, for different people. So even if you're not a gamer, there is a valid reason to want to have a Steam Deck as a portable computer and a valid reason to want to use it as a thing to do graphic design on and a thing to do video editing on. Like, there's viable um, ways to use this that aren't just playing video games, um, and it's going to live on because of that. Uh, but man, does it ever play video games really well? So that's uh, the cool thing about it. Absolutely, and um, Val- Valve is never going to stop with SteamOS. Um, they they want to get Windows out from being the overlord of gaming, and the only way to do that is through Linux, really. And so right. Valve is just going to keep doing SteamOS. So even if they decided tomorrow we're not going to do hardware anymore, mm-hmm. SteamOS is free and you can just install it on your devices. And so other companies that want to make these portable hardware devices, you know, I've said before, uh, it, it's it's tough for these other companies to find a way to compete 
with Valve because Valve has the benefit of making 30% on every game that's sold um, right. through SteamOS and these other companies don't. But these other companies, you know, a, a thing that I was often overlooking is that these other companies that might make uh, a, a portable gaming device, they're already doing that and they're not making 30% on every sale and they're they're making enough money to do it now can they get it as cheap as the steam deck i don't think so but you look at ebay people are willing to pay a lot of money for portable gaming <laughs> and like even gabe newell said that uh the they were surprised that the the mm-hmm. best selling version was the 512 because that's the most expensive version and so right. I can see these other companies saying, you know what? We're not going to have to buy a Windows license anymore. We can mm-hmm. just buy, we can just get SteamOS on our device. And if we do that, then we can save money and maybe we can make our devices a little bit cheaper and more attractive sure. to uh, to the other customers. Yeah, like if you, if you have the $400 um, mini portable windows pc or the 400 dollars one if they can lop 50 dollars off the cost because they don't have to put an oem windows license on it i mean that that's a huge savings um in in comparison to the whole entire price of that device so that's going to be that's going to be good for a lot of these manufacturers if they can either keep the price the same and actually start making profit on these things if they can drop the price by 30 bucks 20 dollars 25 whatever it is um that's going to give them new customers potentially um so yes steam os succeeding is good for the entire games industry um and it's really interesting to see developers saying hey well because of the steam deck i have a linux native version of my game right now it runs fine you can just download it natively in steam to your device and you're going to get a lot more of that stuff probably more so from the indie devs mm-hmm. than the uh AAA, big AAA multi-platform devs um but enough of those people making that change is going to start putting some upwards pressure on these big AAA devs to hey why don't you make the steam deck version run better or why don't you make the steam os version run better because i have this uh 1080p or 4k screen uh with with controls on the side that i use as a big switch with my full <laughs> wingspan uh, i want to play that game on this device um hopefully we're, we're start we're going to start to get that upward pressure on these AAA devs to make sure that their games run really well either through proton um a compatibility layer or with a a, a linux native version with all their anti-cheat stuff running natively on linux as well well, okay, this isn't in the show notes, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot, and I don't know if we want to tackle it today or if we want to save it for a future episode, but maybe we'll do like a, a bite-sized quick discussion of it, and maybe we'll do a full-fledged uh, version of this later on. Sure. What do you think the effect of Proton is on native Linux development? So... It, you're a, you're a game developer, Lloyd, and you decide to make your game, and you have the choice. I can make a Linux native version to target the Steam Deck, or mm-hmm. I can just make my Windows version to get it working on the Steam Deck. So now, it's are you less likely to make a Linux native version for your game? Yeah, it see that that's the million dollar question right now. I think for a lot of people just using Proton is going to be good enough because they're getting free additional platforms that this game can run on. It's 
technically the same platform. It's Steam, but it's a it's a new class of hardware that you don't have to recompile your game for or change any of the code for, and it will just run. Um, but then you're also going to see like um, uh, Falconeer Dev. Um, he he decided to come right out, and I'm blanking on his name. Thomas something, I think. Uh, sorry, I I'm terrible with names, so don't. It's not that I don't want to remember your name; it's that I physically can't remember your name. So apologize there. Um, so um, he he decided to. Hey, well, I'm working on the sequel to Falconeer. Let's just see how long it takes to make a Steam version or a, a Linux version. And he had it running in Linux in like a day. And he's like, wow, this worked really good. Hey, I'm going to play with some VR stuff. Oh, I'm going to play with this. And it, it just allows these developers that have the cycles, have the time on, on in their um, in their schedule or if they're on a lull between projects to say, hey, let's see how this works, uh, because the worst case scenario is it's still going to run on Proton, but the best case scenario is maybe I can make it run better if we just do the recompiling to to, to run as a, a Linux native binary. So I think you're going to get the smaller devs that are really going to push forward with Linux native versions, as a lot of them already have been. Like the mm-hmm. number of games that I have in my Steam library that run on Linux, run on Mac OS, and run on Windows is is a not insignificant uh, percentage of my Steam library. I, I can see that growing now, um, and mainly because of Proton, because now the devs are like, hey, my game runs on this device. Oh, it's doing this weird bug, and I remember that bug. Hey, let's see if we can't make a Linux native version of it and see if that bug goes away. So, yeah, I, I, I don't have a... I think I answered it five different ways there, Bill, um, which means it's probably good for a bigger talk in a future episode. But I, I think it's going to have multiple um, multiple in- impacts. First of, the games are just going to work for most people, and that's going to be great for a lot of devs. And there's going to be a lot of devs that are perfectionists that are going to say, I don't like the way it runs. I'm going to make a Linux native version of it. You know, that's absolutely uh, a- a, a valid answer with with the multiple answers. I want to know what what you guys think uh, in the comment section down below. Let us know. Do you think that Proton will have a negative effect on the number of games that are made for Linux natively? I don't know. Lloyd and I will revisit this topic again in the future, and maybe we'll incorporate some of your comments. Uh, speaking of of Linux itself, Lutris, which I know people are like, I, I've known about Lutris forever. Uh, okay, <laughs> I don't do anything on Linux. Like, I tried Linux back in, like, I don't know, 98, and I was confused, and so I never went back to it. But there's this new app, uh, or new, there's this app uh, called Lutris, which will basically take all of the different launchers, the, yeah. like, so, like, the Bethesda launcher, although that one doesn't make much sense because they're ditching their launcher and going with Steam anyway. Um, the EA launcher, the Origin, no, EA is Origin, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Origin. Anyway, a bunch of launchers like the Heroic launcher and stuff like that. And they're bringing them all into this one app in order to make it easier for you to play your games that are not um, supported on Linux through Proton on the Steam Deck and probably on other Linux machines as well. Now, in order to get this to run on the Deck, you do have to go into your settings and make your OS not read-only. Right now, as it stands, the operating system, SteamOS 3.0 or whatever, 3. whatever it is now, um, is read-only, which means you cannot 
change it. But Valve, being the way that they are, they said, you can uncheck a box and mess with things if you want. Uh, so basically, you can say, make it read and write, make this change, and then recheck that box afterwards, which is awesome that you can do that. Uh, and then you would have Lutris, which will allow you to play games from all of these other launchers. Like you were saying before, Lloyd, you have a bunch of games that you've got. Like, I think you and I have talked about this before. You fire up the um, the Epic Game Store like mm-hmm. every week, claim your games, yep. and then close it again. <laughs> yep. I, I have a reminder on my phone. So every Thursday at noon, it says, go get your free games. And then on the 15th, it says, go get your Xbox games. And on the 1st, it says... There's more Xbox. Also, there's some PlayStation games, et cetera, et cetera. I have a, I have a vast collection of games that I've never played, nor do I ever intend on playing. So maybe this will help with that. <laughs> That's right. He'll get Lutris <laughs> installed, and then he won't have to do it on his PC. He'll just and play the games and never play them. And I'll be like, look at all these games I'm never going to play. This is amazing. Thanks, Lutris. And then I'll disable it and go back to like, I don't know, Minecraft Dungeons or or Skyrim or whatever game I'm playing at the time. Or maybe Back for Blood. Uh, back for maybe. Blood was just updated to work on deck. It's still, if you look at the, um, if you look at the store, it still says unsupported. It, it won't run. That's, that's, that's not true. The devs actually said, hey, we have added this. So I guess what the, the so the easy anti cheat has this file called I think it's um easy anti cheat underscore sixty four dot so, and when when um publishers put that file into the game, that signals that they are getting ready to allow easy anti cheat on Linux. And so I saw that tweet. Or maybe it wasn't a tweet. I saw it someplace. I can't. Oh, uh, it was um, Linux gaming, gaming for Linux. Sorry, it was gaming on Linux dot com. Uh, right. I saw this uh, posted. It's from the developers. They've said this, and so uh, this was this morning. I downloaded it and I launched it, and the game launches. So it it does work, uh, even though it says that it's unsupported. And you know, you mentioned earlier um, Master Chief Collection that yep. recently got the that .so file as well. So I think that we will be getting support for the Master Chief Collection on deck uh, in the near future, maybe even by the time you guys watch this. Have you played Back, back, for, back for Blood, Lloyd? I haven't. I, I got it. Wasn't this part of the one of the big bundles? Um, yeah. So I was super excited. I'm like, oh, I love Left 4 Dead. I can't wait to play this on the deck. And then, uh, then I look in my... Um, what's the app uh check my deck report <laughs> and it's like unsupported i'm like no that's one of the games i really wanted to play although i could probably install it and play through moonlight um on my pc if i really wanted to um but yeah i'm really really excited to to check all that out um and we we've talked about this previously on the show that um a lot of the developers of anti cheat software um, we're trying to make it easy to do Steam Deck versions of your game, and we've even talked about this, where you just have to make one little change to an INI, an INI file, essentially, and we'll load the Proton version of that uh, easy anti-cheat library. Looks like that is indeed the case here, um, which is pretty fantastic. Now, I will say that like, because the devs have been talking about this, they're the ones that said, hey, this we're, we're working on this. I felt like, okay, I'm fine doing this. Uh, like, 
be careful because you could get your account for whatever game that you're playing banned mm. if you are trying to get around their rules. So like, right. for instance, Destiny said, if we catch you trying to be uh, shady, we're going to mm-hmm. shut down your account. Now, that yep. probably maybe, you know, I personally think that's like an overreaction. But like if you are, you know, maybe somebody goes out and finds that .so file and like dra- you drag it into your file structure for the game that you want to play and then the game launches. But the devs didn't say that. You you're kind of skating on thin ice, and you might get your account banned. So just be careful with that, and make sure that the devs are cool with it before you do that, because you don't want to lose access to your account, especially if it's a game that you had to buy. Like this is not a free to play game. It like I had I didn't pay for it. Well, I paid for it through the Ukraine bundle, yep. um, but like I didn't pay full price for it. So I have not played it yet because it it's. Th- I don't know, 36 gigs or whatever. And I had to download it this morning and I, I launched it and it worked. And then I shut it off because we were getting ready to record the show. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll report back next episode. And I do think it's cross play and it's on game pass. So Lloyd, we could actually try and play together at some point. Uh, even though you still don't have the deck, um, you know, maybe, maybe he'll have one by Thursday. Please, please. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. All right. Um, Okay, this one I had no idea about. Valve put out this video saying these are all the things that we did in the month since the Steam Deck launched. And I was watching, I was like, okay, knew about all that, knew about all that. And then they said something very interesting. They said, by the way, if you hold down the Steam button or the quick access button, you can do all of these shortcuts. And I knew that about the Steam button. But the thing is, is like, so like let's say that I'm playing a game and it's got very small text on on the on Steam Deck. Uh what you can do is you can hold down the Steam button and the left bumper uh in order to turn on the screen magnifier, which makes sense, but that's a weird combination to try and reach with your thumb and your finger at the same time. You can do the same thing with the quick access menu. So you can cool. you can hold down the quick access menu and it does all of the same things that the Steam uh, button does, which is very, very cool. I had no idea about that. And I just wanted to tell people because I think that it's not obvious that you would try that. Sure. Yeah. It, I love that. Hey, we, we used to do Nintendo. Well, you used to do a Nintendo focus show. I've been doing a Nintendo show forever. One of the things about Nintendo is they're slow. Their mm-hmm. their changes to their OS takes forever, and uh, it gets stable every month or two, weirdly <laughs> enough, but it doesn't actually get new features. Um, but then you see the Steam Deck, and they're pushing out major um, like updates that add new functionality or fix bugs or like adding. Oh, you, you didn't like the 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 game overlay? Well, now there's another another. Um, tick that you can choose which just puts it at the top with just the frames that's really what you wanted right um like little things like that that would take nintendo 18 years to add to the switch os is just i don't know mid midway through a week you get a patch of your device and this is a new feature it's it's actually quite refreshing to see a big corporation kind of treat 
their device as open source software with free frequent updates um, because you don't really get that in on on a piece of hardware that you spent actual real money for. Um, this is something like if you're like into uh, the the Raspberry Pi and you're doing like a retro Pi or one of the other one of the other um, collections of emulators or other software. There's frequent updates there, but those are just a bunch of hobbyists working on a mm-hmm. piece of hobby software. This is a physical piece of hardware that people paid good money for from a, a large gaming corporation and they're treating it the same way, which means that the steam deck is going to get better and it's going to get better quickly, which is uh, which is a very exciting thing for me. Also means that they'll probably get some bugs. Some like, <laughs> yeah. like when I was talking about the keyboard typing and I turned off haptics and it still has haptics, not sure what's right. happening there, but it's probably because they're iterating so quickly. Whereas, you know, you mentioned Nintendo, Nintendo does everything slowly because you, they know it's going to work when it comes out. Um, That's right. Although, you know, some would say the Bluetooth support on the Nintendo Switch, which took them four years to implement, <laughs> was not all that great. So maybe Fair. maybe there's something to be said for doing things faster and getting feedback from a larger number of people very, very quickly. Speaking That's of right. feedback, I don't know if we talked about this on last episode. I know that I talked about it Um when you are playing a game that is verified mm. and then you finish playing that game, there there's now a pop-up. You can turn these off if you want to, but you shouldn't. You should help out. The community is going to make the, the experience on deck better. But there's a little pop-up that happens just below like the the logo banner of the game or something, and it'll say, did this meet your expectations for being verified or something? I think that this is fantastic. Lloyd, you have any thoughts on this real quick? Um, for someone from someone that's been playing a lot of um, cloud gaming over the last number of years, yeah. I'm used to these pop ups. It seems like every time you end a game session, it's like, how was your session? And you choose a quick star rating um, for Valve to be doing this makes total sense. People are used to these little feedback things. Um, the the fact that you can turn it off is good for the people that are really vocal about being annoyed at pop-ups. Uh, they could just turn it off. But for the rest of us, this is going to be good. And it's also going to be really good for games that are unplayable, um, according to Steam, or games that are um, that, that have the yellow, the yellow icon instead of a green icon. They're going to keep asking questions. Did the text bother you? It has, has, has this changed? Uh, being able to, to directly query the end user for this type of information is going to be huge. And it's going to go a long way to um, helping Valve um, rate the 1 billion games that are currently listed in Steam. Uh, no, no amount of humans could could do that in a, in a normal amount of time. But crowdsourcing everybody to say, hey, we noticed that you played this unplayable game. How was the experience? And if you say it was good, then that can be added to the queue to get verified and then push these games up the list to get their green or or yellow check marks. Um, it's a good thing. Yeah, I, I'm I'm curious, you know, back to back for blood. I'm curious why back for back, back to blood, back for blood. I'm curious back why for back for blood is still listed as playable because that's that's kind of a big game, you know, it is and yep. it's. It's listed as uh, not playable, um, uns- unsupported. It's currently listed as unsupported, even though the devs have said, go ahead, we put in the thing, the easy anti-cheat yeah. works. It's odd to me that a, a big game like that didn't get a quick turnaround on 
the verification status update because that, yeah. like that's probably costing them money right now. So it's um, that patch came out on the 13th, it looks like, which is uh, Wednesday. Yeah. So maybe because of the holidays, oh, maybe yeah. uh, maybe everything was shut down. I, I wonder what the process is, because I've, I've seen Valve talk about this, like developers can request their game to get yeah. um, rated or re-rated. I wonder what the lag on that is. But you'd think a game like Back for Blood, um, made by the devs of Left 4 Dead, the original developers trying to bring this type of game back to the masses... Um, would have maybe a little bit of weight behind it. Maybe they just hit the whole Easter uh, weekend shutdown thing, and and maybe bright and early Monday, Tuesday morning, we'll have uh, an update to their um, their playability inside the Steam client. All right, moving on. Let's talk about playability. I want to talk about Jurassic World Evolution Two. So, for those of you that don't know, I put out a video about how to use mouse regions in order to play real time strategy games on the deck. Um, where uh, basically a mouse region, watch the video if you haven't, because it explains it better than this, but I'm going to go super fast. You touch the trackpad, and you can set a, a, a an area of the screen that your mouse is then locked to and can't leave that little area so that you can quickly get to a, a, an area of the screen uh, in order to in, interact with the game in some way. I did a much better job on the full video, so make sure you guys check that out if you haven't. I'll make sure that there's a link in the description. Somebody had mentioned, boy, I wonder how Jurassic World Evolution 2 is. And I happen to have that game. I didn't really think of that as a real-time strategy game, so I didn't use that as an example. I think of that more as like a a, a world-building sim kind of game. Um, mm. I, I haven't played much of it, so maybe I'm wrong about that. Um but I, I decided, all right, I'm going to install that on the deck. So I installed it, and then I went into the graphics settings because I want to say, okay, what can I change in order to get the optimal frame rate or whatever? They have a Steam Deck um, profile. Yeah, profile. They have a Steam Deck profile built in to the game. So it like recognized that it was a Steam Deck. They have gone through and figured out what they say are the best experience um and so i was getting somewhere around 40 frames per second or something like that and this isn't a game where you have to have like super good aim or anything like that so i said that seems about right and then i just put on the frame limiter down to 30 and now i have a stable 30 frame rate uh, 30 frames per second frame rate uh using the the devs um profile that they decided on was the best uh for the steam deck and this is not the only game that i've seen that on i think that we're going to see a lot more of these and i wish that valve would do something to encourage them to to encourage more devs to do it of course they have the great on deck but there's a lot of games that i've played that are great on deck that don't have that steam deck profile and i have to be the schlub that goes in and it's like Oh, I'm going to turn down this kind of anti-aliasing, which I don't really know what that stuff is anyway. And I'm going to turn this up and I keep doing all this instead of playing the actual game. And right. I know there's a lot of people that love doing that. I'm not one of those. I do it in order to get a good experience, but it would be really nice if the devs would do that. What do you, do you think that there's a, what kind of incentivization system do you think valve could do in order to get devs to make a profile that yeah. gives people a solid experience on deck. 
Yeah, I think that's going to be one of the one of one of the big stumbling blocks for the next little while is developers. Um, going back to your earlier question, are they going to be happy in, with just Proton support, or are they going to be doing a Linux native version? I think a lot of developers are going to go out there and say, "Well, the the community has come together and said this is the profile to use. We're just going to defer to the community. They're the ones playing the games." Um, but it would be really nice to have. Um, by default, like we talked early on in the show, it'd be nice if you downloaded a new game, like uh, the best game ever. You bought it, you you did, you paid your twenty dollars, you download the best game ever. It would be nice that it noticed that you were downloading on a Steam Deck to only download the ten eighty p assets instead of the four k assets. Mm-hmm. That it immediately set up the the proper profile. That it did all of the Steam Decky things, which I don't have one, so I don't know what those are yet, um, other than doing some reading. Um, that it would do all those Steam Decky things just in the initial download. Um, and I think we'll come to that place where every game in the future, um, every new game in the future will come with a Steam Deck profile because Valve says if you do this, this, and this, you get a nice um, uh, you get a nice little icon on your store listing saying that you're verified for Steam Deck. And maybe it's maybe it's more than the little green check mark. Maybe it's like a green check mark with a little gold thing around it. Oh yes. Th- th- they could do something uh, something to say that yes the developer has gone the extra the extra step to make it work better um we've tested it we say it works but here is the developer saying that they did their best to make it work on the the steam deck that could be something that could come down the road if valve is noticing that um this type of I don't know, customization is lagging uh, from the developers. They could say, hey, well, if you do this, we'll get you another little another little check mark on your Steam store listing. Um, a lot of people love those little gold check marks. So maybe they that would that would force the developers to go and uh, to make those updates. Yeah. Uh, you know, you mentioned the community. Um, and like I said before, the community is like one of the greatest assets that Valve has because they can yeah. they can give a lot of input. Um Boy, oh boy, the controls, uh, like this, the Steam input controls from the community, that could be really, really great. But quite often when I launch a game, it says uh, using the official profile. And I'm always like, oh, these guys, <laughs> this th- these devs went, they went nuts and they went in and, and used the official stuff for the Steam Deck in order to get things working. No, they didn't. Um, it's yeah. like an official profile is that they went and copied some some <laughs> user's version. In fact, I can't remember what game it was, but I, la- I launched a game and it says using the official profile. And then when I went into Steam Input, it said the official profile. And then it was named after some user who had made that profile and uploaded it. And then the, the devs said... You made that. I made that. And then they just basically <laughs> took it, slapped their name at the end, which is fine. They gave credit, but still it wasn't a very good profile. Like it said right. that it had an official profile, but in my opinion, it was terrible. So I deleted it and made my own uh, control in steam input profile from scratch, uh, which was much better uh, in my opinion. But hey, it's mine. So I can have my opinion. <laughs> um, I think that. Controls and um, bespoke Steam uh, Steam Deck uh, profiles for like video settings. Those two things are very very important because while I know that there's a lot of people that watch this show that love the tinkering aspect of it, 
I think the Valve keeps calling it a PC. They do, but a lot of people look at this thing and they say, oh, that just looks like a Nintendo Switch. That should behave <laughs> like a Nintendo Switch. And then when they get that verified game and it's running at 20 frames per second on the default settings, that doesn't yep. feel good. Uh, so the default settings should detect that it's a Steam Deck and you know do something about that. But... Yeah, you know, it's definitely something that you can adjust in order to make it better. I just wish it was more out of the box, like Jurassic World Evolution Two was. Yeah, yeah, and again, the Steam Deck is a month old, essentially. Oh, yeah. um, give or take, give or take a few days on each each end. Um, this will probably get better, and and I know Valve is probably going to work towards that. Uh, it'll take some time, but man, the, the what we have right now, a month in, is way different than what we had at launch, and um, I'm very excited for what it's going to look like when I get mine in my hands. And, and speaking of, you know, a month in, a month in, there are 2,000 games that are either verified or playable yeah. using Valve's little system on deck. 2,000 yeah. in a month. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. Uh, and. You know, I, I mentioned a second ago, somebody looks at this and they say, oh, it's like a Nintendo Switch. I pick up my Nintendo <laughs> Switch, which I have hardly touched since I got the Steam Deck. And holding this thing in my hand, it is a terrible experience ergonomically. Right. The Nintendo Switch ergonomics are just awful compared to the Steam Deck. And I cannot get over, I don't know why I turned that on. I cannot get over how much better this is to yeah. hold in your hands than it is to use the switch. I don't know if I will ever use my switch in portable mode again. Yep. I might just dock it and, and get out my pro controller and never play in portable <laughs> mode again after, after this, unless I get one of those, they got those chunky uh, controllers that it's looks like sucks. someone sawed a <laughs> yeah. pro controller in half and slapped it on the ends. I might get one of those. Yeah, those are really good. Yeah, it uh, like the Switch really, um, it, it's only comfortable to hold because it's so damn light. Like if the Switch was as heavy as the Steam Deck, I, I don't think it would be anywhere near as comfortable as it is now. And it's not super comfortable playing your Switch um, in portable mode. Um, for what I can tell, um, for everybody that I've talked to that has a Steam Deck, they're like, this thing is so comfortable. It feels like it should be top heavy. It should weigh you down, but it doesn't. It it just they they balanced it. Um, I, I everybody says I wish there was a bigger battery in there. Yeah, me too. I wish there was like a three a battery that's three times the size, but that would have added um, more weight. It might have unbalanced the device depending on where they have to put the cells on it. Mm -hmm. What they did is they, they fit a, a lot of, um, a, a lot of horsepower into such a small device and, uh, they, they did a really good job, uh, doing that for yeah. sure. Cue up, uh, the Thanos meme of perfectly balanced as all things should be. <laughs> I, I oftentimes yeah. I'm sitting on the little couch that I have over there and, um, I will be playing a game on steam deck and I'll be like, oh, I got to send a quick text or something. And I got the arm of the couch right here next to me. And I I always set this is stupid. I don't know why I do this because it's going to end <laughs> up falling and breaking. But I set the Steam Deck right on the arm of the couch. And it just right. it balances there. Uh, and it doesn't tip either way. Um, it's a pretty narrow arm of the couch. It's not like the, the, the curve of the Steam Deck is going around and holding onto it properly. But I right. just set it right in the middle. And it balances. Huh. This thing is perfectly balanced. So, you know, cue Thanos with the knife. I was going to say proof. The Steam Deck was designed by Thanos. We, <laughs> we now know where it came from. This is amazing. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, another game that I've been playing on deck recently is Evo Land. Lloyd, have you ever played Evo Land? I have not. I, I've seen the icon a million and one times um, because it's it's very. Um, it looks very Legend of Zelda, mm-hmm. Zelda E. Uh, so I've like, I'm gonna like that game, but I've never played it. I think I, I'm pretty sure I own it on Steam though. Okay, if you own it on Steam, you absolutely need to play this game. And if you have a Steam Deck, it plays great on Deck. Um, Evo Land is this really awesome journey through gaming history. So when you first start playing. You only have one button. That is the right button on the D-pad. You can only move to the right. So you walk to the right and you open up a chest and that chest unlocks left. So now you can walk right and left. You walk to the left and there's another chest over there and that unlocks the rest of the D-pad. So then as you are walking, now you can walk in four different directions. You open up a chest and it opens up scrolling. So now... As you are moving along, it goes to the next page, like like the original Legend of Zelda, where when you get to the top of the the, the top of the 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 screen, the right. whole world shifts down, and now you're at the bottom of the screen, and you go up, and then you go a little bit further, and you unlock smoother scrolling, and then it's more like Zelda: Link to the Past, where the character stays in the middle. And the world kind of moves around them as you move. And then you keep moving, you get to the overworld, and then you unlock turn-based battles instead of like Zelda-based battles. And you keep going through the history of RPGs. Eventually, you you unlock 3D gaming through this, this <laughs> game. So you open a chest, and now the world is in 3D instead of in 2D. So... It's this really, really cool like journey through. It's supposed to be pretty short. We'll see if I have the attention span to finish it. Spoilers, probably not. <laughs> um, but it's really cool, and it it works great on deck, and it looks beautiful on that screen. And it's just it's a very, very cool game, and I wanted to recommend it to people. Lloyd, you're gonna nice. like this one. I've wish listed the legendary edition because it looks like that comes with essentially the first two games, Evil Land One and Two. Um, yeah, it looks really good. I one of my original game ideas back in the day was kind of like this, but it was a platformer. So I wanted a platformer where you're like a stick figure or you're just a dot, and then you go through and you get turned into like an eight bit platformer, then a sixteen bit platformer, and then all the way up into like a full three D one. Uh, and I worked on this with buddies like. 15 20 years ago i wish i would have uh brought it to to market because it would have been it would have been the platformer of evil land i guess (laughs) absolutely all right uh well that's it for this episode of on deck thank you guys for hanging out with us if you stuck through it through this whole episode you probably enjoyed it make sure you click on that like button down below it really does help us out a lot and of course subscribe turn on notifications all that stuff so you can see live streams from us or other videos that we put out uh we really do appreciate you guys hanging out with us and if you you're like what did you keep talking about youtube stuff i'm listening to the podcast yeah it's a podcast but it's also a youtube channel so head on over to youtube.com slash nerd nest and if you're watching us on youtube then check out the podcast in your favorite podcatcher just look for on deck wherever you listen to podcasts already definitely yeah it's uh it definitely check out all the content bill bill's been putting up just a ridiculous amount of steam deck content um which uh which is great go check all that stuff out he, he's done just an amazing job with his uh with his steam deck have a good one everybody thanks for watching and we'll see you next time Take it easy, folks.